This is your daily Facts Matter update, and I'm your host, Roman, from the Epic Times. And this man here, well, his name is Dr. Francis Collins. He's the former director of the National Institutes of Health, otherwise known as the NIH. And I say former because back in December of last year, after 12 full years of holding his position, well, Dr. Francis Collins officially stepped down from his role as the director of the NIH. And since then, and up until today, well, the agency has been looking for a new leader, with Dr. Lawrence Tabak filling in during the interim period as the acting director. Back in late 2021, when Dr. Francis Collins first announced his decision to step down, well, here was part of a statement that he made when he made his announcement. Quote, It has been an incredible privilege to lead this great agency for more than a decade. I love this agency and its people so deeply that the decision to step down was a difficult one, done in close counsel with my wife, Diane Baker, and my family. Now, Back then, as well as today, a lot of people have been wondering why exactly Dr. Collins decided to step down at that particular time. And furthermore, people have been wondering whether it has anything to do with the lingering questions regarding his agency's funding of research in China. So let's examine that question together. According to a trove of newly released documents, there were 10,000 pages in all, it's been revealed that the NIH did, in fact, fund research in China that created a more potent form of a bad coronavirus. Specifically, these documents shed light on an experiment which the NIH was funding through a subgrant to an organization called the EcoHealth Alliance, and this experiment was then subsequently conducted over at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is, of course, the lab that's located right up the road from where the first cases of COVID-19 were first reported back in the year 2019. And in this experiment, the researchers were comparing mice that were infected with an original bad coronavirus to other mice that were infected with a modified strain of that virus, which was created by the researchers themselves. And the difference between these two viruses was apparently rather significant. Here's specifically what Dr. Lawrence Tabak, who was at the time the principal deputy director of the NIH, this was prior to his role as the acting director, here's what he wrote to Congress back in October of 2021, quote, the limited experiment described in the final progress report provided by EcoHealth Alliance was testing if spike proteins from naturally occurring bad coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model. All other aspects of the mice, including the immune system, remained unchanged. In this limited experiment, laboratory mice infected with the modified bad coronavirus became sicker than those infected with the original bad coronavirus. As sometimes occurs in science, this was an unexpected result of the research as opposed to something that the researchers set out to do. But it even goes further than that, because according to the interim report that was submitted by the EcoHealth Alliance to the NIH in August of last year, meaning in August of 2021, it showed that this lab-created coronavirus, it killed 75% of the mice with humanized cells, whereas the natural virus that it was based on, it killed less than 25% of those mice. Here's specifically what this interim report said in part, quote, 14 days post-infection, five out of seven mice that were infected with the original virus remained alive, which is about 71.4%, while only two out of eight mice infected with the modified virus survived, or only 25%. Meaning that the difference in survival rate between these two different sets of mice, between the two mice that were given these two sets of viruses, is 25% versus 71%. Or to put it more plainly, the modified lab-created virus was found to be about three times more deadly. And this fact, it gets to the very heart of the issue at hand. Because according to this letter by Dr. Lawrence Tabak, which states that the NIH funded the creation of this virus that is three times more deadly on humanized mice than the original coronavirus, 
Well, that goes directly against the claims that were made by Dr. Francis Collins and Dr. Anthony Fauci, who said on multiple occasions that the research money granted to the EcoHealth Alliance in Wuhan did not involve gain-of-function research. Here's an example. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. And so the natural question is how could those comments from Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci jive with the interim report that came out of the EcoHealth Alliance? Well, despite the fact that the virus made the humanized mice both sicker as well as more likely to die, well, there appear to be two avenues of plausible deniability. The first is, according to this letter written by Dr. Tabak, EcoHealth Alliance researchers, they were failing to disclose their findings in a timely manner. Here's specifically what he wrote, quote, EcoHealth failed to report this finding right away, as was required by the terms of the grant. EcoHealth is being notified that they have five days from today to submit to NIH any and all unpublished data from the experiments and work conducted under this award. Additional compliance efforts continue. However, the fact that the EcoHealth Alliance was not providing these reports in a timely manner does not seem to be an adequate excuse for what Dr. Fauci said in regards to not funding gain-of-function research. That's because the interim report about the mice it was actually released back in August of 2021, several months before Dr. Fauci made those statements. And so, that brings us neatly along to the second avenue of plausible deniability. That's because shortly after this news of this particular research came out, well, the NIH released a statement saying that the research being conducted by the EcoHealth Alliance still did not technically meet the definition of gain-of-function research as defined in the Potential Pandemic Pathogens Control and Oversight Review Framework. Here is, in fact, very specifically what a spokesperson for the NIH said as a response to those allegations. Quote, Because a mouse got sicker doesn't mean it would make a human sicker. The mouse study doesn't tell us anything about human biology except how the viruses interact with the human ACE2 receptor. As you know, mice and humans are very different. Importantly, the presence of the human receptor alone is not sufficient to drive human infection. However, this response raises a very obvious question, which is, according to the NIH's logic, making viruses that are more deadly and more pathogenic towards humanized mice does not qualify as gain-of-function research, since they didn't actually test it on humans, and as that statement mentioned, humans and mice are very different. And so, what exactly would classify as gain-of-function research? Are there any actual tests, aside from infecting an actual human with this new virus, that could prove to the NIH that the EcoHealth Alliance's lab-created virus was more infectious towards human beings? Because a cynical person can easily look at the situation and say, hey, the NIH is simply playing shell games with words. They're saying that researchers can modify viruses, test them on humanized mice, but that research does not qualify as gain of function because, hey, they're not testing it on humans. Which is actually exactly the criticism raised by Dr. Richard Ebright, who is a professor over at Rutgers University, and he said that not only does this explanation from the NIH not make sense, but also that making such an explanation, the NIH is, according to him at least, showing no shame. Here's specifically what he told the Daily Caller News Foundation in an interview. Quote, they have no shame. In essence, they're claiming that because the NIH did not fund infection studies with lab-generated viruses and human subjects, who, Uyghur detainees, Falun Gong dissidents, 
the NIH did not fund gain-of-function research or potential pandemic pathogen enhancement subject to the federal policies. By any rational standard, indeed, by any defensible standard, a virus that exhibits increased 10,000-fold higher viral load and higher pathogenicity in humanized mice expressly engineered to model infection in humans is reasonably anticipated to exhibit enhanced transmissibility in humans and pathogenicity in humans. If you'd like to read the documents that we discussed in today's episode, including all the interim reports from the EcoHealth Alliance, well, I'll throw them all into the description box below this video for you to check out, and I'll ask in return that you take a super quick moment to smash, smash, smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm. And now, all right, I want to take a super quick moment and introduce the sponsor of today's episode, which is a phenomenal company called American Hartford Gold. They're actually my own personal gold and silver bullion dealer. And so what I do, and what I've been doing for the last six years, is that I take this fake money, which is unfortunately being printed into oblivion by the people over in Washington, and I get myself one of these boxes from American Hartford Gold. Let me show you. Because what I believe, and by the way, I don't give you any financial advice, I just tell you what I do, is that, I mean, even before what happened between Russia and Ukraine, well, the, the price of goods across the country was skyrocketing, the price of gas was skyrocketing, and now with the conflict over in Eastern Europe, well, we're seeing what? The stock market being tumultuous, the price of oils going to the moon, and we see gold and silver doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, acting as hedges against all these issues. So take a look at this. These are some phenomenal coins. I got some silver this month. Look, some walking liberty US dollars, beautiful. I, I, can't, I don't know if you can tell how shiny and nice they are. Yeah, this is the real money right here. And what you can do is that you can order these for yourself from American Hartford Gold. They're a phenomenal company. Uh, they have great people, great staff. If you call them, not only are they friendly to work with, but if they ever have to put you on hold, well, they have uh, Ronald Reagan's speech playing as their waiting music. So I, don't, I never even mind when they put me on hold. And best of all, to our viewers, to viewers of Facts Matter, they have a promotion going on right now where depending on how much you buy, they will throw in a free ounce of silver, a free ounce of silver for every ounce of gold that you buy. So, so calling them is a no-brainer. Give them a call at 866-242-2352. That's 866-242-2352. Or you can text Roman to 65532. And best of all, if you give them a short phone call, they can show you not only how you can get physical gold and silver delivered directly to your doorstep, but also how you can have it deposited directly into your 401k and your IRA accounts. They make the entire thing super, super simple. So give them a call. The number is again, 866-242-2352, or you can just text the word ROMAN to 65532. I'll throw all that into the description box below. American Heart for Gold, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. Now Roman in the studio, back to you. Now, as I mentioned in a previous episode, a few days ago, we published an awesome personal documentary of Dr. Robert Malone over on Epic TV. It's called Headwinds 2, and here's a trailer for it. And I'm, I'm very aware of the strengths and weaknesses of all these technologies. This is the largest experiment on human beings ever performed in the history of the world. The state shouldn't be telling parents that children must be vaccinated. I'm not getting anything out of this. This is not a win for me. We didn't know what we know now about the adverse events. Uh, that was all hidden. We shouldn't force children to be vaccinated. We absolutely should not do these practices of coercion or enticement, like ice creams or whatever. I was a jerk. Um, that I, I wasn't valuing people. I was very uh, wrapped up in myself as young many young people are it's not because of obsession it's more a sense of obligation 
Robert okay? Totally. <laughs> he now seems very relaxed. Yeah, he's. this one is uh, pretty chill. Which is not exactly elegant. <laughs> What I object to is the exploitation of fear around this threat object in order to manipulate public behavior. I kept all of the data from back then, pretty much. So I, I have the lab books, I have the patent disclosures, I have the patent applications that Robert wrote. You know, I have all this documentation. I had just wanted to put it away. I didn't yeah. want to think about it anymore. I believe we've let the world down, but that doesn't mean we can't, we can't continue to strive to be better. If you'd like to check out that awesome movie, the link will be right there down in the description box below this video for you to check out. And for your reference, that movie premiered on Saturday night at about 8 p.m. and has since blown up. So many people have been watching it, leaving comments and telling me that they have loved it. The link will be down in the description box below. And besides it, there's a lot of other great content over on Epic TV. It's a great way to entertain your family, stay informed, as well as to help fund the journalism that we do here at the Epic Times. Again, that link will be down in the description box below. And then until next time, I'm your host, Roman from the Epic Times. Stay informed and stay free.